up, guys? Welcome back to Free Game. Uh, Luke Girasso, your host, with co-host Jeremy Todd. And today we got my, my homie, man. Um, honestly, special guest, Kevin Walton. Dude is crazy talented. The founder, creator, El Presidente of, of The Light Beings. Also one of the, the co-stars of, of Sistas on, on Tyler Perry's um, new show on, on BET. Uh, just kind of start off. We'll just kind of walk it right in. And, and again, guys, free game, free, unrestricted. Talk about whatever the fuck you want game life business spirituality whatever it is and then the i don't know if you've seen the logo but it's metatron's cube in other words meta being aware tron a utility so thinking about thinking uh, <laughs> Hell you know yeah. I mean? so tell us about creatorhood and, and what that is as a spiritual path and and practice legit so well hey awesome to be on here rocking with you first and foremost thanks for being on here yeah bro. brother you just finished shooting so thank you for coming right up yeah man. no doubt uh, so creatorhood is a practice I developed that, that I've been teaching now for over 10 years, on, been on a personal journey over 20 for myself, but it's a practice, practice and pathway of understanding how to live in your fullest authentic expression and what that actually means when we're talking about you know consciousness, emotional intelligence, structure of existence. And so the whole practice is really revealing how you, you function, how you're naturally meant to exist and then why you aren't functioning that way if you're experiencing limitations to know what to address, what to restore to do that in a more deliberate, embodied, optimal way. And it includes all, all aspects of life. It's a very encompassing practice in that. So Kevin actually created this, this group called The Light Beings. I actually used to be like a core member of it at one point. Mm-hmm down in um in hollywood florida and you still got your seat that's right that's right <laughs> i'm grandfathered in baby I'm in. exactly i'm in um exactly. that's kind of how i got into that really helped me take my spiritual awareness to, to the next level um and i can just tell you kevin put in the work man he's got like a whole my favorite was the principles mm-hmm. um let me see if i can go off the top and how many there's 10 principles yeah one know yourself two own your power three live from the heart four honor the connection Five, listen to the body. Am I? I'm, I'm correct Close. right now, right? Yeah. Um, six, follow your intuition. Seven, take ownership and responsibility. Eight, internal cause, external effect. I nine. don't remember what nine is. Then ten That's was unconditional what, love. Yeah, so close. So and there's been two Whoa. adjustments to like lock in. So as we've been as the practice has been growing, I'm, I love that you you still yeah, have yeah. that. Um, Yo, I put that, I put that in a business. You can ask him. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's how yeah, we do it. That's like almost exactly how we do sales in the office. Nice. So then you got to get the refinement then because there's two things I adjusted for the sake of, um, so you know how our practice is based on truth. And I, I say that adamantly, our definition of truth is the most accurate alignment of unified completion. So that which is most universal to everything that never changes. On like a personal or like every, a cosmic? Every, everything. From the, from the, from the micro to the macro from personal as the individual to, the, to the, the entire function of the universe, there are things that apply to everything no matter what. And when, oh, when okay. you become more familiar with them, you'll start seeing them in everything. You mean like metaphysical or like? Everything from how your emotions work to how we, how we behave as humans, even okay. how, why you have certain thought processes the way you do, um, then understand the nature of beliefs, how we establish beliefs. So it's, and, and then how nature works and interacts, why we build cities the way we do. There's all these patterns that when you understand how the structure of existence works, you'll see in everything all the time. And once you know how to identify it, you also know how to catch yourself, adjust oh, yourself. And it's kind of like the signs stuff. Yeah. When you're looking for it. Exactly. All of a sudden and there they are. always there. Yeah. So this practice is based on being able to start recognizing that and it's based on a solid foundation of knowing how to have a reference point to guide you 
because a lot of people function in life without the clarity of a reference point, meaning that they know how to check in with themselves on whether they're coming or going up or down, whether you're actually doing the things you want to do or if you're out of integrity with it. So is there any self actualization you have to do before joining? Something like that? Uh, like, is everybody different from a starting point? And then you try yeah. to find the commonalities. Yes. So there, there are certain things that everyone relates to regardless. Right. And the practice starts with that. And okay. then and then we then as you start to get more of the information, more of the, the insights, you start seeing how it starts to fit you personally or okay. this other person personally or a certain culture okay. personally. Gotcha. Yeah. OK. And it, and it, it because it it's a design the way it is, it starts off with a very clear notion of who you actually are beyond all your stories. And, and it's important to know that because it's jarring enough to know just how great magnificence you, you are beyond all your stories and what you can do with the awareness of that. And the Damn. principles, like Luke was just talking about, the way it breaks down, and it's always from the ownership place. So I know you're saying own yeah. your powers, own thy, because you own yeah, yours, yeah, yeah. right? It's so, always thy. Yeah. It's always thy. Super, yeah. So <laughs> super like, clear on that shit. It's a die. Right? Yeah. yeah. So so it goes uh, number one, own right or know thyself. Two, own thy power. Three, live from the heart. Four, honor the connection. Five, live intentionally. Then six, listen to the body. Right? Then seven, follow the intuition. Eight, instead of take ownership and responsibility, because what I realized, you know how I'm always breaking things down by equations? Yeah. So I'm um, finding that most universal thing. Ownership, to me, is responsibility plus accountability. Okay. So that together equals ownership. So instead of it now being take ownership and responsibility, which is like saying the same thing twice, it's now own thy sovereignty. So mm, okay. recognize yourself as a sovereign being and own all of you. And that's now principle number eight. So that's the amendment of the update. Then number nine is internal cause, external effect. And then 10, and unconditional love. Yeah, it, that one tweak on that is now be driven by love and greater purpose. Well, you got rid of unconditional because love is just love is just love. Yeah, so it's like be driven by love and greater purpose. You know and what's that's funny? The space so I, I forgot um, live intentionally, right? So what, what I kind of do is, is I took this idea from Kevin is essentially like, so if you forget something or, or something's coming up a lot, that's probably your lesson, right? Mm -hmm. So I haven't been as on point lately, so I'm not living as intentionally. So it's fitting huh. that that's the one I forgot. And that's, that's, that's usually the work in action right there. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but then you check yourself and yeah, then, then it I comes up myself. and then you see it and you're like, oh shit, all this exactly. stuff I was supposed to do, I didn't do, boom, snowball. Exactly. And then you kind of realign, so to speak. Which exactly. is what I brought up in like our leaders meeting today. Like, yeah. all right, cool, yo, I haven't met on point. Yeah, I'll get like, back on like, point. That's just what it is. Days, I'm gonna exactly. It's the pendulum, right? So like, I know myself, so if I get a little off point, there's certain habits I have that'll put me back on point. Exactly. And then you just swing the pendulum and you move up levels. I, I was trying to explain to my girl the other day, the way I look at the pendulum is almost like, um, you have to picture it almost like a three-dimensional view. But you, you know like the, those peg ladders where you like stick it in, you climb up? Yes. It's like every time you move up a level, the pendulum goes up. So you're still swinging, but now you're right, at a different a level. Different, yes, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, because <laughs> the, the notion is that, that you hear often is when people say, um, you know, I, I took steps backwards or I'm right. going back to square one, but you never go back to square one. You never go back to a place where you're where you're less aware than you were the day before. It's almost impossible. Correct. Because just it's by like, you saying that means that you are aware. aware. That you exactly. Back, which means you're so, so you're already the, ahead of yourself. Exactly. So the law of rhythm that that or the system of rhythm rather, which is like the pendulum swing, is as you become more present and in command of yourself, you take more command of that system. So then its swing is held by your container of awareness. Mm. So every time you step up. Just like Luke said, instead of it going like back down, it's like this is now the baseline you're playing at. Oh. And then this is now the baseline so that even if you experience a limitation, it's still only meeting the edges of what this version of you embodies. So it won't be like 
you know, going full, 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 all the way back, even if you're doing some of the similar things you were doing, right. you're still in a different space of awareness no matter how long it takes you to restore alignment. You know what I mean? So you're almost in control of the, the pendulum moving. Command. Yeah. If you're more present, yeah. So if, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm aware of it and it's going backwards, I can snap out of it and... Exactly. You catch yourself. And, that, and, and, and the notion of what you just expressed... I'm very specific about words and we have very specific definitions as Luke, Luke will tell you, we know is uh, where I even had to make a glossary for the practice because we're that specific. Cause I find that it's like a 40 page packet. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so legit. Like the whole practice, but it's even bigger now because yeah. now, now we have the whole, all the phases set and yeah. So it's, it's That's wild. Yeah. It's it, cause it really is. You, it takes the, the notion of, of your multidimensional existence. So think about just how expansive existence actually is. And it's a way of breaking it down that you can live in that awareness, but practically live the human experience. Right. You know what I mean? You're so not that too it's clouded. Exactly. And it's not too abstract and it's not yeah. too just esoteric. Because there is a physical world. Exactly. <laughs> and you're very much a part of it, right? Like you're we're right. in it. Whether so or it's not, like, yeah. It's like, so how do you take those concepts and live it every day in a way that make, that that keeps you that tapped in, but keeps you that engaged? And, that, and so in this space, there's a thing I call the command surrender principle. And it's different than control and submission. So like command is the ideal because what command suggests is that you understand you're the center order to all the potential of energy around you, right? You guide it, you, you direct it, where, and it's based from the internal out, internal cause, external effect. Surrender is the same thing. There's no surrender happening if you aren't in command. So it's like if I identify myself in my sovereignty and this is what my standard is and these, this is what I want and this is what I'm going for, the surrender in me is so I'm open to everything necessary showing up as it will that supports me living in the embodiment of that, continuing to live that standard, continuing to do whatever, instead of thinking like, no, keep this away because I don't like it. It's like, but what right. if that's the thing that's gonna bring awareness to you and, and you'd wanna uncover why you don't like it in the first place. Oh. Right? So, and then control is exactly that motion. It's where it's all based on things outside of you. Maybe if everything is the way I want it, things will work out, but when you do that, you're cutting off a portion of, of more abundant things at your disposal that you don't know. And, and it's all contingent on hoping that this limiting identity of me has all the answers to my life, which it absolutely does not, right? Because who you are beyond all this is where the answers live. Right. And the submission part of that is where we'll end up going like, ah, eh, fine, I didn't want it anyway. Like the checkout, the quit, the acquiescence, right. where surrender is no checkout, it's, I'm open, but I'm also very clear about who I'm asking myself to be, what I do. And that relationship, command and surrender, is the ideal for everything in existence. Everyone that would be living as healthy as they could possibly live, as optimal as they could possibly live, with the most authentic relationships that they could have, mm. and how progressive in business, it literally is contingent on that, based on the, the two generating appeals of operation, which is safety and significance, which we talk about or not feeling safe and significant within, and then all you're doing is looking for ways to control and then submit, hoping that one of those actions gets you what you what you want, but it's never where it lives. Then that's where like all things like addiction come from. That's where all the other patterns that we play out consistently come from. Uh, I think okay. there's Maslow's hierarchy too, right? Um, like it's the pyramid. Uh, if anybody's listening and I'm wrong that it's Maslow, but I think it's Maslow's hierarchy where like, before you can get to your next, you know, the, the highest level is like self-actualization, but the lowest yeah. level is, is like safety and, and like food, right? So if you don't have that, you can't get to the next level. You basically have to like get up each pyramid. So when, when you don't have safety or you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable, then it's hard to, yeah. to get the signs and, and the deeper yeah. knowledge because your main focus is 
they, you weren't animals regardless of what we think about it. Yeah, we're, we're smart. We're smart monkeys, basically. Yeah, just right. and still even even more than that. Like it's it's because the the notion of you know how creatorhood is. There's seven facts that the practice is built on, and I call them facts because they never change. Like no matter what you experience, no matter what story you're telling, every time you go back to them, they're still going to be the same thing, and the things for us to own and address. So like, um, the first one being the self is lim- uh, limitless, boundless, and always connected. Right. So that means that there's always more of you to reveal and discover. You have access to all of you, no matter what. Everything you've been through, every memory you have, everything. That's a that's a le- legit thing. Always, even if we, because you know the mind's designed to want to keep the physical body intact and out of danger. So things will be heightened emotional states, and it doesn't know what to do with that energy. It'll block it out, right? But it doesn't mean that it's somehow out of your reach. It just means you have to do the work to open yourself up to to access it. And everything is connected like, to scientifically through quantum entanglement. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Any two particles are it's always like aware. Eastern philosophy. Everything's, yeah, like things are everything's connected in, in it. So, and you'll con- constantly tap into spaces where that happens all the time. Like the fact that people will sit down and tap into the same wave, like a thought, and go, you know, I can really want to. I was just thinking the same thing. Dude, that happens right? legit all so the time with Luke. There's things yeah. that we do, <laughs> or when you think of someone and they call you out of nowhere, like there's, there's things that happen in us on a regular basis that we take for granted because we're not living in awareness of just what that actually reveals to us on a regular basis. And when you think about the way that life functions, and like you were talking about the, the hierarchy, the hierarchy of needs is what you're talking about, yeah. right? So what we talk about in, in creatorhood is understanding how to live by a standard rather than a need and, and the difference between both and knowing that it's all contingent on the way we define experience. So it's not necessarily that you have to be safe, it's feel safe. As long as you feel safe and significant, you will be living in a priority of focus of growth and liberation. That's all you're going to care about. Uh, Where do I grow? Sense. How do I be my fullest, authentic right. expression of self? Because like a soldier, right? Like a soldier right. on the field that, that feels he's a soldier, he's not safe, but he, he feels comfortable with what he exactly. is. He feels so comfortable, willing to, willing to take the action, willing yeah. to put yourself out there. Mm. And that's actually, I call it the two generating appeals of operation, meaning that those two things dictate your, what appeals most to you in your life, the way that you move on your path, because when you feel them, that is that your priority focus is always growth and liberation. Like all you want to do is explore more. You're willing to be more vulnerable. You can feel your emotions and let them move and flow. When you don't feel them though, when you feel insignificant and unsafe, your two priorities of focus are comfort and validation. That is where everyone's patterns go. That's what I was about to ask. Yep. Is when you're not seeking growth. Right. You're now you're, just you're constantly seeking comfort and validation. It's just hoping comfort, that, but it doesn't it. mean you're getting better. Exactly. It's just, you it's just satiating like, the moment. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's a way to avoid addressing certain things. And yeah. so, and so that's what happens. And then that becomes your path. And when you, when, when that's your path, everything you do is, is dedicated to that. No matter who you got to screw over, no matter who you got to, you know, like, like bully, no matter what you got to do, all you're looking for is I want to feel more powerful and valid and comfortable. Cause I don't, and, right. and the orientation is off. And that's, so that's why people will reach for instant gratification mm-hmm. when they don't know how to process things. I don't want to deal with these emotions. I'm going to go eat. I don't want to deal with these emotions. I'm going to go have sex. I'm going to mm-hmm. deal with emotions. I'm going to drink rather than actually take the time to process your shit. Right. So you can actually be a more embodied human rather than, than, than those energies build up because you're going to have to address them anyway Yeah. while you've been satiating them and avoiding them. You know what I mean? So it's that, wow. that thing, you can trace literally the patterns of every civilization in history to safety and significance. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why uh, civilizations build their economy on conquering other people, why slavery became a thing, um, racism, sexism, classism, all of these things are side effects 
of the notion of that. And when you, when you get people to address that in themselves, all those patterns that you see in human behavior and history actually start to change. And so it becomes this thing where it's not like we're just animals. It's yes, we have a part of that, but there's something about being more consciously aware that explores another capacity of life. And so it's not enough now to say that we're just animals of beasts. It's like, we're still something more. Oh yeah. You know, and you want to be able to own that because that's what also keeps you keeping the primal essence of you in check in a healthy way. The right. fact that we even have morality yeah. goes beyond animals to such a degree. It's been forever since people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, gorillas don't care. They're just going to eat and then kill each other and fight over, you know, right. they're well, not really. But they do have, a, I mean, they, they do, even animals have a certain capacity of consciousness. Right. And, and in nature, there's almost like a built-in sense of morality, meaning that they feel automatically their connection to the yeah. all. Whereas human beings, we are consciously aware enough to have the ability to choose oh. to do that. We've evolved to the point We've, where in, in society and in technological dependence, we're almost more brain and less heart, right? So heart, I would just use as the, the metaphor for connection. I mean, that's yeah. how I see it. But um, actually, my girl had a cool little quote she said to me today. She was like, um, you know, truth is the bridge to wisdom. And then our throat chakra is the bridge between the mind and the heart, right? Mm -hmm. So like it's the, it's the connection. So what we, when we speak our truth, like the whole point is like the pursuit of truth and that's, that's what makes us different. And then, um, if you kind of connect it even with me, I, I love symbolism, obviously I always have, <laughs> I just love it. Um, but if you, so mythology, true or not, doesn't matter, but the symbology of it is dope. Yep. And Orpheus from, um, from Greek mythology, he was like the greatest, uh, liar player, right. And like, mm -hmm. and ly lyricist and, and poet and, and singer. Right. And his songs were about God and creation and creatorhood. And they brought man from animal nature more into the human nature. Yep. And his songs were so good that they were better than the siren songs. So when Jason goes to get the golden fleece, um, you know, he, he's sent on this guaranteed to fail mission. And he takes the Argonauts and they're, and they're on this ship and the sirens come up and they start singing. So the sirens, um, for anybody that, that's listening, that's unfamiliar with Greek mythology, the sirens are a group of like almost evil mermaids. <laughs> that that, ha that have these beautiful songs um, that when man hears it, it, he's unable to resist it. And their sole purpose was they were created as, you know, malicious, I don't know, mermaids, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's fucking weird, but it's what it is. <laughs> but these like sexy, malicious mermaids, but their whole purpose, they can only exist as long as their song takes man off of his path. Mm -hmm. And you think about some of the bad music out there, right? So he's taking the the sirens are singing and Jason and them are all getting ready to go over there, and then Orpheus gets up and plays his song, and he he you know per, he wants to go on the the mission with Jason. He's like, I promise you, I'll be the reason you succeed. So he plays his song, and it his song is so beautiful that it actually overpowers Sirens, siren sirens songs. Yep. So all the sirens kill themselves, but two, and they're the only two that are left for Odysseus's Odyssey. For the, yeah, yeah. But it, it's just kind of interesting, like how there can be such beautiful truths or deceptive lies within music or arts and stuff like that. Um, obviously I know you and so Kevin and I actually met through an acting um, yeah. audition. Yeah. Shouldn't have even ended up getting made. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was actually super cool. Like, so I, I moved down to Florida, uh, eight, eight years ago now based off of, I literally just heard a voice in my head one time when I, when I was teaching and it was like, how come you're not down in Florida? Couldn't think of an answer for a fucking week. I told everybody. <laughs> And everybody was like, that's crazy, but that sounds like you, so whatever. Yeah. And then I drove down, 
looked up an audition, snuck in, convinced them that they lost my resume, um, <laughs> got it, or got to the next round, got to the next round. And it was this like, it was, it was at this badass, it was the Eden Rock, I think. Yeah. Right? Yep. It was at the Eden Rock. Yep. And then, so the first person selected for the show was Kevin, and then I was second. And then I was just like, you know, I saw him teaching people how to meditate there. Yeah. So then I was like, dude, I w- I've always wanted to learn how to meditate, like da da da. And then that's how me and Kevin became good friends. And yep. he kind of became my, my spiritual guru, more or less, <laughs> like teacher. Wow. But, and uh, how the knowledge spreads. Kind of where I, I would connect that would be, so at that point I never had acting classes. I just improv and, and was fortunate enough that it, that it worked. Right. Um, the best thing I ever heard in acting class was acting is simply being truthful in a fake situation. Yes. Right. So if you think about that in the yeah. arts, that's good art. 100%. And then bad art or bad acting is like a, somebody's overacting and they're, they're trying to overdo it and they're mm-hmm. faking it in a fake situation yeah. <laughs> and just like double whammy. Exactly. That's uh, an interesting way to think about it, honestly. Th- no, yeah. it's, it's so cool. Like you, you would think, so like right? you put yourself in someone's shoes and you try to act as truthfully as you would yeah, in as that you situation. Would to the moment in the story. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Even though the story is a story, but you're trying to draw real emotion. Right. It's like you're exactly, you're having a real experience of the story. And you're presenting that to the world. Right. And we all, as the audience, you know when you're witnessing someone authentically embodying that expression and you it lands for you. Like you right. watch the movie and you're like, oh, or like someone cries yeah, and it makes exactly. you want to cry. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to people and you're like, ugh, they are okay. overselling it. Right? Yeah, like yeah. You just, Nicolas Cage, I was thinking, <laughs> he, he overacts the shit out of everything, Wait, dude. I can't Nicolas watch Cage it. is not a good actor? I thought he was incredible. Uh, he's got a bunch of great movies. <laughs> I mean, Ghost Rider, dude. Come on. Uh, and I just always think of him as like an overactor, right? That's uh, funny. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is, how do you use that in, in your current role in Tyler Perry's Sisters? For sure. It's, so you're basically the heart, the the, the chick's romance, right? Uh, essentially, like yeah, like a love interest because oh. she's she's it's almost like a she's torn between me and her previous partner, like her ex. And it's this ongoing thing, but we're, we're starting to grow together in that dynamic, but she still has this pull towards her ex is the narrative. And what's cool for acting too, for me is, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this to Luke plenty of times, the same breakthroughs I had spiritually happened in all the areas that I'm actually dedicated to in my life. So like acting, because you're genuinely exploring what it means to be a human being. Why, why does the character think this way, speak this way? What would I do in this situation? What is the, the context for this? And so you're doing all this like, professional human beingness, right? Yeah. Like it's like, it's, you're it's really, honestly it's like a really master's dope. class in psychology. 100%. It's helped me in 100%. all my relationships, yeah. not because I'm faking anything, because I'm realer. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not trying to fake anything. analyzing situations on the daily, exactly. almost for yeah. a job. Like, exactly. wow, what, if this is going on, how would I feel? And you're exploring how you can tap into it in a setting, because when you're on set, right, you have, there's cameras and lights. It doesn't look anything mm. like it does on television, because you're just, right. there's people staring yeah. at you with a bunch of equipment. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so you in that moment are exploring your ability to tap into your imagination, to be so centered and cre- and and uh, and like relaxed about exploring this in that context, wow. so it, it 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 demands a greater exploration, understanding of yourself, in how you tap into these, and then the conveyance of the story that you're telling, and the ability to do it like you haven't been rehearsing the lines before, making it authentic, right? like actually authentic, like you're Being living you're living you know, the moment, right? Yeah. So for me. It's all been like a blend because there's even things I discovered in acting that I, I in, incorporated into my practice of creatorhood like to get people to do it. So like there's this there's a, an exercise like training I call emotional efficacy training mm. and it's a way of going to the edge of your emotions. So it's like it's showing people how to have um, fully 
commanded rage fits. Some efficacy the is your... the ability to get something done because you believe you can get it done, right? Efficacy is like something being fully done, fully realized, reaching its full, fuller essence of that. It's like efficacy. So if like the efficacy of your business is your business thriving in its fullest capacity, okay. like it being fully reached essentially. Okay. Okay. And so the efficacy of this is that you go to the edge of your emotions to the capacity where you embody that energy as expansive as you can embody it, of which then you're living it from its mature form, not its gateway form, which is a whole nother topic of conversation. And in that exercise, it brings people to the edge of themselves and, it, and it's a practice of how do you actually allow yourself to feel freely because now you're being asked to deliberately tap in the emotion and I show you um, what you do with the body when that emotion comes up, the different ways that emotion is expressed so it becomes a conscious thing and you become more aware of it when it happens in real time. Oh. And then other aspects, I do this thing called the dressing room where people have to add, um, constantly pick identities they play out and you have to tell us what it looks like in physical. So they'll go like, I'm insecure, Kevin, and I like to hold my, my arm like this. And I hold this. I'm, a, I'm a angry, Kevin. I don't give a fuck about none of y'all motherfuckers. Right? And, and they just have to keep switching because our identities is things that we wear just like clothes. Like you wear your identity. If you're stepping in a situation, if you're confident Luke, right, or confident Jeremy, or if you're insecure or if you're... Um, if you feel belittled or you feel whatever it is, you wear that shit. Like, cause you're more than all of it. So when you're playing out identities, it's literally like putting on a costume in, this, in the movie of your life and you're acting shit out from that feeling. So part of the things in the practice is showing people how you do that on a regular and you do it in a way that makes it a caricature. So you also find more humor in it right. instead of taking it so personally and so seriously oh, all the time. Especially if useful for like anger. 100%. Right? Because that's a negative emotion that could have bad consequences for other people. Right. Well, the no, the, there's no such thing as a negative emotion. It's just if you don't know how to be in command of it, you will absolutely act way more destructive with the it. The potential for negativity, I guess. So I, I remember the, um, the the directions was dope, too, for like from the core practice. One of them from anger. Oh, the chance uh, spiral, yeah. The, the mature transmutation of anger was mature action. Yeah. Or, or I will remember power, like willpower. sadness, willpower. Yeah, willpower. So in, in, in so... What, what I teach in the practice is that with emotional intelligence, there's, there's six emotional conduits, like since centralized energy centers of emotion. And you experience them either in their natural energetic state or the, the, the limiting version of it, which we call gateway. But they're not positive or negative. What, when we, what I teach in creatorhood is how to function from unity consciousness, which is not the same as duality consciousness. So duality consciousness is the belief in separation, the belief in opposition, the belief in scarcity. Mm -hmm. So not only am I separate, we're against each other. This is showing up and it's against me. This is messing me up. I'm messing myself up. All that It's that okay. battle. Okay. Unity consciousness is the belief and recognition of um, everything is connected as one, mm -hmm. right? You're abundant as fuck. Mm -hmm. And everything is g literally and genuinely in support of you, not against you. What do you mean by abundant? Like so emotionally or spiritually? Like everything. everything. That you have everything necessary at your disposal in, in, in the form of a resource to truly live, give, be, receive everything you possibly could in life. That's so important because oh. right now yeah. with all the woke lords and, <laughs> and, and all that. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like in the, the woke community, mm -hmm. some people – demonize abundance but then they'll be like oh I'm gonna manifest you know whatever exactly and they don't they don't put in the work and right they, they exactly. ignore the material and reality it brings up stuff for them right because because yeah. you know how there's there's a primary rule to emotional intelligence and that primary rule is if I know how to identify and process what I'm feeling I'll always take responsibility for it that's yeah. huge responsibility yeah. Grant Cardone even in sales something yeah. super materialistic always mm -hmm. 
take responsibility. It's never the client's fault. It's never someone else. It's your fault. If you learn how to own that, right. exactly. your life becomes a lot more different. different. Thinking of abundance rather than scarcity. Exactly. There's always more money. And There's always more always. love. There's always more There's this. time, energy, right. right? Support, resources. And so, mm-hmm. and so that knowing that, the other side of that then is if you don't know how to identify or process it or you refuse to, you have to blame something outside of you for how you feel because the right. energy has to it's be like directed somewhere. Exactly. But instead of a projection, think of it as like a, uh, an act of avoidance. And the act of avoidance is the desire and pursuit of comfort and validation. So okay. rather than me own this and feel this, which I find it to be uncomfortable and I probably judge it as negative, I would rather pass it off on you so I don't have to face my shit because that feels more comfortable to me. I can go home feeling self-righteous because right. you're the piece of shit and right. I, I don't do anything like, wrong. You're the one who cut me off in traffic right. exactly. and I you off, but it's your fault because you cut me off. Right. But it's like you just let someone else control instead you. Of, exactly. Instead of checking in with why do I feel that way about it? Right. Because that question alone could why drastically you, change your life experience. Curiosity. Why do you think people it? tend to gravitate towards victimhood, right? Mm-hmm. There's a quote I love by Ricky Williams and it's um, – when you make excuses, you give somebody else the power, right? Or when you make excuses, you remove your own power, which is pretty similar like, to stuff you're saying. Yeah. Why do so many people, I don't know if it's because it's easy and they're, they're ignorant to the fact that they're losing their own power to fix things. One, one, one factor alone above all else and then everything else perpetuates, lack of awareness. All misalignments, so I break everything down in life between alignments and misalignments, not, and like expansion and limitation, not good or bad, right or wrong, positive or negative. When you let go of that notion, you're, you're actually more present with what's happening to receive the insight you're looking for. But if you pass something off as just being negative or positive, you're missing the support it's offering. So like any experience that shows up for us, I call it a sacred opportunity, meaning it is genuinely designed to support you one way or another. Okay. Right. So if we can use an example of a business, right? If, if there's a sale happening and the client, it, like say it's about to happen and then it falls through. Mm-hmm. The sacred opportunity in that it will serve two purposes. One, where you are in your own self-acceptance, which keeps you in safety and significance because that's what love is. And your standard of being a salesman or how you approach people or whatever that is. And you get to look at that from that information when you go, okay, let's see what this experience offered me. Mm-hmm. Cool, I felt, um, I felt betrayal come up for me cool, so I feel betrayed because we had an agreement. So let me honor betray Kevin and then let me explore what that means to be integrated. So now if say something comes up like that, instead of diving into that victimization of playing out that narrative of you did this to me, you go, okay, so what, what happened in notion that that's the route you chose to take? And then people now have to face their stuff and now you start creating, because the reason why this is, so, this is so, to me, I'm so adamant about this is the whole, journey of creatorhood as a practice, the whole purpose of the light beings, why all this was created, is to support genuinely, and I mean this wholeheartedly, the evolution of humanity. It's not just a cool self-help development like, oh, maybe I'll just be more at peace in my life, though you do want that. It's also, what would it look like for a species and civilization to be in full ownership of itself, in full synergy together, and then look to create what you can do from there? So then the notion of being able to own ourselves in these moments is, cool, instead of blaming you for how I feel, I'm gonna process this. Then I'm gonna have a conversation with you because something about this interaction is providing a wealth of insight on 
approach to people, understanding the business, all these different that aspects, and what I actually want in my life. Okay. You know what right. I mean? And then you get to do that. And so then you, you look at it from those two places, how I feel and what it shows me as a standard in my so life. So there's no like true negativity. It's At all. just growth opportunity. That's it. I got to explore what it was like for me to feel betrayed or, mm -hmm. you know, or it, this should have happened and it didn't. Maybe I should have worked harder and didn't. Right. And absorb it, learn what that feels like, and then see what you can learn so that next time maybe it doesn't happen so the same way. Exactly. And not even only next time it doesn't happen, that you get more deliberate about what you want to experience. Okay. So you know I, what I mean? I, what I was going to say is that, that to me, that's like my biggest concern. That's a huge part of why I want to make the podcast yeah. is it be an example of like thinking about thinking, right? Like objective thinking um, and, and just taking ownership, right? Like I don't hide my fucking shadows. I'm pretty yeah. out in the open. Um, <laughs> it's it, what it is, right? Like I, there's not many skeletons in my closet. What do you think? Like it feels like we're, I'm sure everybody throughout history has always felt this way. Um, but it feels like we're Good in an important, you know, fork in the road for yes. humanity. What do you think the biggest problems like facing humanity are right now? Without a doubt, it's, it's what's the next stage of human evolution. And that genuinely is the ability to feel freely. As a species, we do not process energy properly, which is why there's still wars, which is why there's such like massive rates of, of um, unhealthiness, the way that people die and transition. Like there's, there's a pattern of behavior in humanity right now that is likened to us evolving past where we've been. And in my opinion, and what I've seen with this work I've been doing is that really is the next stage of human evolution. People's ability to identify their emotions, process the energy, and then know how to use it purposefully. Mm. So the reason why that's not only happening is the lack of awareness, which is why anyone would play the victim. Because all misalignment is birthed out of a lack of awareness. The more aware you become, the more you start to restore alignment. Just like when we're aware of our limiting patterns or limiting beliefs, the moment you realize a limiting belief you're holding, you're like, that's silly, why would I believe that? But at the time you established it, it supported wherever you were. And kept you in that comfort zone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, it, it ties right? into so that. Then, exactly, so then you become more aware and you go, oh, well, what do I want to experience instead? Now we're talking. Now we have new space. Now there's new insights and we can move energy in that direction. When you don't have that awareness, right? You're operating out of the autopilot you already established in your operating system. Mm. And we condition and program ourselves. No one actually does that to us. So when we become aware of that, we do that, that self-awareness gives us the opportunity to establish, well, what do I want to experience instead? What is my standard for relationships, for business, for personal health? Yeah. And so us in humanity, this self-awareness now is bringing us to the important aspect because what you're witnessing around the world is where people are wanting people to change what they do so they don't have to deal with their feelings. Mm -hmm. right. It happens in relationships, happens in society, all these things. And yeah. then you see the mark of when people don't feed into that, the way, the benefit that happens for the whole group because now people have to face their feelings instead of it be acquiesced. So, and this is what happens even in relationship dynamics where if, if partners are saying like, I don't like the way this feels, I want you to stop doing that thing. If you don't uncover why your partner's actually feeling that way, you're not gonna get to the root of how they could start living in a more aligned, healthy, thriving place. They're just literally wanting you to be responsible for their safety and significance. Uh -huh. Just like, like, you'll never be responsible for someone's happiness, you'll never be responsible for whether someone feels safe or not. However, in relationship dynamics, both people in the relationship, or all the people in relationships, depending on the dynamic, are 100% responsible for the quality and the standard of the relationship. So like, if you and I are friends, we're hanging out, I will never make you happy. Right. You're either gonna 
feel your own happiness, right. and then I will support your, that. Exactly. Okay. Right. But so both but, people have a hundred. It's not fifty fifty. Right. Exactly. It's not fifty fifty. It's one hundred one hundred. Yeah. Because like right. if I'm living life and I'm happy, I'm like I love this, and you don't you don't feel happy. You'll see me doing that, and you're like fuck off, Kevin. Resentful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Resentful. But if right. I'm I'm like come on, man, get hype, and you're like yo, you're being fucking silly right now. It's stupid. Right. And but if you're like yo, I'm just having a moment right now. And I really appreciate you being a reflection of my happiness, though. And I'm with you because you honor your own happiness. That's that is the most optimal, authentic way relationships can thrive in a society that thrives the same way. So this journey that we're on, if we're talking about the next stage of, of humanity and what's what's the biggest struggle right now is exactly that. When people disagree and think other people are stupid for thinking differently than them, rather than it being an exploration of you think differently, I think differently. Let's have a conversation around that. Where could humanity go when we explore together rather than judge each other because we're different? What about the people that, you know, they want the world to go somewhere else. So they're aware, but they just have different, mm -hmm. they want the world to go somewhere else, essentially. Yeah, then depending maybe on- culminating together. And yes. They don't care about that. They're aware that you want that and they don't mm -hmm. give a shit. They're like, that's not what I want. Still a lack of awareness. And it would be, it would be exploring why that's what they want. Because what I found, like I've come across a lot of different people. I've taught this work in a lot of different places, culturally, um, class-wise, just location in this country and out of it. And when you start seeing that mass array of people, and when you see people from all ends of spectrums, because I've had clients that were both involved in wars on the opposite sides. I've had you know people who are abused and been abusers, people who have raped and been raped as clients, you know, molesters and been molested. And when you start to see this many people and you start seeing correlations, everyone feels the same way. That's the trippy thing. Everyone actually feels the same way, but they have different ways on how they handle that. Oh. And it plays out. So if someone goes in and down like, uh, yeah, I am insignificant, none of this matters, and they abuse themselves, they end up correlating with someone who's physically abusive outward. And the person that's physically abusive outward is like, I don't want to feel this insecurity, so I'd rather take it out somewhere oh, else wow. to feel more powerful. And it's when almost you, like a parasitic relationship. Exactly, it's like what it is. Because <laughs> it's, it's literally that reflection of, now what, what it's actually designed to do, when we talk about everything being in support, is it's actually designed to show both people where they're playing out the misalignment. Wow. Here's where you're not facing your shit. But when, but when you're not that aware, you just reinforce the story until someone becomes aware enough to be like, all right, enough. And then they set a boundary, break this pattern. I'm not putting up with this anymore, right? That you don't have to judge other people to change. Like you don't have to go, you're a piece of shit, so I'm leaving. It's I'm no longer living in this type of relationship dynamic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right, and, that, and that's responsibility. Exactly. And you don't have to blame other people. So the journey that we're in where people have a different thought process, like for, for us in, in the light beings and, and what we're putting together in an organization I'm starting with another friend of mine, um, called United We Stand is a way to start getting people to see transparency, synergy, freedom as foundational things of community and what that actually looks like. Like what does it mean to live synergistic? And synergy is always the most optimal, most effective choice anyone can make because that's literally how nature thrives. Everything, because synergy is everyone recognizes their individual role and they own it and that they're a part of something greater to contribute to that would is now more magnified than they would do on their own. Right. right. So that's what synergy is. So if we're in a relationship, it's I know I'm me. You are you. I'm going to own me. You're going to own you. I'm going to take care of me for you. You take care of you for me. And let's take this. Both people give 100. Both. Exactly. And where do we go together? We're never against each other. We're just showing up. So even if if something comes up for you and you're like, Kevin, I got to be honest with you, man, I was feeling like this way about it. 
if I'm in tune and aligned, I go, tell me about that. Right. And I go, I'm just really pissed off right now. Okay, so before anything else, feel that. Right. Feel that anger for a minute. Just be with it. Let it move through you. And then you feel the anger, then you process I go, cool, now tell me what, what the issue is for you. And then you'll say, well, I just feel like, you know, you kind of disregarded my time and this and that and that. And I go, thank you for bringing that to my awareness uh, because I, I want my standard to be, I'm on point with my fucking time right. and I'm considerate of others, right? And so then we're, we're navigating it. And, it, and this, th- this type of conversation is what authentic communication looks like. It's, I'm aware that there are things I'm working through and things that I want and standards I, w- I would like to be at. I'm aware that the same is true for you. And I am aware that as long as we hang out together, we're gonna uncover a lot of that stuff. Okay. And can I still remember that we're in this together when it does come up? Not because I feel this way, it must mean you're against me. Which is what happens in society a lot. Oh, you think All differently than me, so you right. must be against me. So the people that come to me and say, I don't want the world like that, I see this as an opportunity. And I'll give you an example of this. I love telling this story because it was like, it's such a shining example of this. I was on a bus, this is years ago, and I was riding this bus and this one guy, shave head, swastika up, right? Calling me all kinds of stuff, fucking niggas and blah, 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 things going in, right? Years before this version of me, I would have easily been fighting <laughs> him on the bus, right? right? I had got to a point at this space where all I could see was a brother. Like this guy is a part of this game with me, right, in humanity. And something about his journey has brought him to this point where he thinks this behavior is his best choice, but it's really to avoid something else. So when I'm not giving him the feedback he's looking for, right, I just start, he, 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 he kicks it up a little bit, but then I just get curious about him. So I just start asking him questions like, how do you feel when you say those things? Do you feel like, do you feel better about you? Do you think that means you're better than me? What, like, what's that? And then he, he responds to that like, what are you talking about? Don't be doing that. It goes like this. So then I just break all that down. And I go, look, what's wrong? What's really going on? And I keep asking questions out of genuine curiosity. So all of his defenses start to soften because he recognizes he wanted I'm you to be safe. defensive. He, he wanted to be defensive yeah. because that reinforces his narrative. Right. Because and I'll tell you why that why we do that huh. based on why he got to this point. So through the conversation, what we reveal. Um, his his girlfriend left him for an athlete. Athlete happened to be black. Uh, he lost his job. Oh, and before all of this, he had an awful relationship with his father. Right? Completely, I assume that. Yeah, complete messy relationship Makes with his sense. father, right? Didn't feel accepted by him, ne- never did anything good enough, all that stuff. So he, so he sits with that I don't belong space. And then nothing I do is good enough space. Then he has a girl that he says is love his life. She leaves him, right? And and then um, he, he loses his job. This, and it's like, you, you just see the movie of his life. He loses his job, comes home one day, and these uh, Mexican dudes are breaking into his car, and he goes to stop them. They beat his ass, right? <laughs> so, like, like, perpetual distortion of, of life, right? So, one day he comes across a group who hates people like he hates people. Come hang out with us. Now there's a space he feels accepted. Oh, yeah. A shared resonance. So he's like, yeah, I'll adopt this because you guys are like taking me in. We all just want and, community. Right, what's up? We all just exactly. want community. Everyone wants to know Even that the they're hate a part of something. Just want community. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's literally inherent in all of us. So when he was sitting with me, I was no longer fitting his narrative about life because a person of color who's not reacting to him 
who's actually staying in connection with him no matter how hard he works to, to steer me otherwise. Wow. And now because I kept staying in curiosity with him and I was more interested in, in connection than being right, his heart opens. By the time this conversation is over, we're holding each other, hugging, and he's bawling, and I'm bawling with him. And it's like, this is because he knows he's been wrong the whole time. And it's like, fuck, these things I got to The address. limitations he put, the comfort exactly. he wasn't willing to. You see to. what I'm saying? So he was looking for comfort and validation. That's what he found in the group he was with that was just about hate, 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 hate. So now, now in this moment, his narrative changes. That's, that space is what is not practiced enough in humanity. And that's why, oh my God, like social media, yeah. society, like, so even with the politics, all these things, like everyone's like, Democrat, Republican, I don't give a shit about any of that. They're, like, I actually do have, I, I make a very clear choice. And like, I'm unbiased to all this stuff. I don't have a, a stake in the game of that. I have a stake in the game of, I care about where we go as a species. That's literally what I stand for. Yeah. So everyone's included in that. Because you all have to go together. Exactly, period. So if we, like, we're all in this together, Nuclear no warfare what. kills everybody. Right, exactly, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, I'm in this together. Like that's literally what I stand for. When I say truth, and you know, and I have a notion about you know your truth. We, we talked about yeah. before. Like there's a difference between truth. Like the idea of your truth isn't actually truth. Truth is a thing that never changes because truth isn't subjective. There's how you honestly feel in the moment. And there's that's w- there's truth. what's true for you. There's perspective. Right. There's truth. perspective. Yeah. There's like that's what's true for you, but that changes. Yeah, it should change. It, right. It will. Yeah. Right? It just it just does whether it should or not. It just yeah. does. You know, like it just you're, <laughs> it's the you truth. Will feel differently. Yeah. Right. And so what's what's underneath that is the truth, and that's the thing that says you're going to keep exploring more of you. You're going to feel differently at different times. That's truth. Mm. You want how I honestly feel. What feels most alive for me. What feels true for me in this moment is this thing. I'm still more than that. So even if it's a passionate thing, like I I live for music, and that's my truth. No, you live for music, and that's one aspect of you. Right. You also live for a lot more other things right. than music because you're still more than that. Of course. So, so in, in the nation of the practice with truth is realizing that underneath everyone's bullshit, underneath all the stories is the truth, which is you are a part of something greater than you and you are that greatness inside of you. And power isn't something you have, it's what you are. So you don't ever give it away and no one takes it from you, right? Because it's just life force energy. Right. So then when you realize that people just want to feel a part of something and feel received and heard and seen, then even the people that go, I don't want the world to be unified, that's not true. They still want that belonging space. They're just only functioning from a certain space of awareness of what it means. Ah. Just like building America. We want to you know, have Declaration of Independence, but don't include slaves and don't include the Native Americans. Right? Right. It's like, it's not all inclusive. So it, it was built on a misalignment, even though the premise of the idea is solid. Right. In writing, right. In writing functionality, it works. Right. In practice, they fucked up. Right. And, that's, and that was a lack of awareness. <laughs> you see right. what I'm saying? Because like, it yeah. was uncomfortable for them. Like when, when, when it came to the notion of talking about, and even women, like when they still treated women in set classes, like, mm. oh, men should be free. Women. But don't include women in that either. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like there's all these aspects of it. So all those misalignments left unchecked lead to louder and louder distortions. And that's where you see the buildup of using someone's skin, skin color as a stigma for difference or better than or worse than. Using someone's um, sex orientation as a way to do that. Using mm-hmm. someone's class as a way to do anything. that. Anything. Yeah. Those are all the ways when we don't know how to process our own feelings and then, and then reinforce the self-righteousness of that, we create the divide. But the divide still isn't the optimal thing. Nature is going to find its way to, to synergy, no, whether people like it or not. And then we're either in that journey 
going to experience that in a super chill, effortless, dope way or a sufferable way because we fight it every single choice we make. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So my my thing real. is one of my biggest concerns. Yeah, people. Join after that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible. One of my biggest concerns with people is, is I mean, it's just piggybacking on that. Um, I talked about it in the last episode. It's just the extremism, right? Like yeah. debate class. It, it's, it's not even necessarily about being right or being truthful. It's about not being wrong, right? So if, if you look exactly. at politics, most political ads aren't about what the candidate's going to do. It's what the, what the other, other guy. Yes. So the other guy's a dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that was actually one of my main complaints yes. in the Georgia. Uh, for the yes. Democrats, all the ads were, these people suck. And then the Republicans, all the ads were, well, these people suck. I was like, are any of you guys doing anything? Or are you yes. just telling me they're not good? Dude, yes. <laughs> like I was, That's like, what the heck, man? Yo, I, was in, I, was, I was included in two um, Instagram preferred friends groups on both sides. So oh, wow. like someone brought me in one for Trump, and someone brought me in for Biden, and I I I it's didn't, prefer, I didn't yeah it, Whoa. literally everyone was saying the same thing, so weird. and they just had no clue like there's just but there was no conversation between them. It was Talk like about an echo I'm, chamber exactly, Jesus. and that's what's happening in the world is like unless you are more aware to catch it, you're gonna constantly look for ways to reinforce your own bias exactly right yeah. and because you because you just want to feel right. Right in that space of so even if someone else is wrong, it's like you don't, you don't even want to feel right. Now. These people don't necessarily want to feel right. I mean, they want to feel right. They just want they to just want to not be wrong. Exactly. But, right. But but I'm saying when I say, when I say they want to be right, it's they want to be right that they're wrong. So <laughs> yeah. Like right. people are still looking for that, yeah, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. It's like as long as I can still feel a sense of yeah, right. <laughs> then I'll reinforce yeah. it. And so what what this journey is and what I do with creatorhood is a way of getting people to have to face that. And instead of looking for ways to cop out, looking for ways to excuse themselves, looking for ways to avoid, you actually realize you're safe enough to face it, safe enough to feel it, safe enough to move through it, and then safe enough to create something greater beyond it. And like we'll get people in rooms that have all kinds of conflicts together. And, and I, it's a charge clearing where you get them to, to look at each other and then address what feelings are coming up, but not you make me feel, just I feel. Because okay. no one makes you feel anything. Right. 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 So it's I feel. And then once that part happens, they say ownership. Now we start talking about the way they experience whatever. And when people share their experiences with you, it's not actually a projection. It's still a reflection in your reality. And here's what I mean by that. Even with the, so you know how a projector works, right? Mm -hmm. It takes an image inside a machine and then it displays it on the wall. What you're witnessing wherever it displays is the reflection of the okay. projector's reality. Our lives are like that. If I were to come to you and say, you're an asshole and you're acting like this, this and that, and you're not, I'm not projecting my story on you. I'm genuinely telling you what I'm experiencing. I'm telling you my story on the wall. Right. You're then going to look at that. And your experience then is someone showing up in my reality, saying this to me, how do I feel about that? And that's your story. And if you can own that and they can own theirs, now we have a conversation of, here's where I'm working through these things, here we're through, and what do we want to experience instead? How we want to approach each other instead? And that creates a whole different dialogue. The, the ownership part, though, is not negotiable. It's mandatory. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like you're going to say kind of understanding, but what, what would support <laughs> the world most right now in your opinion? This kind yeah. of just natural yeah. transition. <laughs> right, exactly that. Yeah. Ownership. Yeah, ownership and, and genuinely feeling freely. Like, 
um, one of the easiest things to show people, one of the simplest exercises in the practice is when you feel something, sit down and do nothing. Literally just be present with it. So when people have anxiety come up, it, it's like anxiety is not a disease, by the way, right? It's literally a side effect of not processing the emotion of fear and not having a reference point for yourself. So when that energy isn't properly processed, the body finds ways to communicate to you where things are out of alignment. So you may be walking down the street and all of a sudden it's like <gasps> panic attack and anxiety. That's your right. body going like, you got some shit that isn't processing properly. That if you actually sat down with that, instead of look for a pillar, instead of look for ways to avoid it, you're actually telling your body and your mind, we're safe. I'm with this energy. And so your body then won't tense up with the energy. It'll actually let it move. Would it be the same thing maybe for like depression? Like people who are basically sad? The same thing. Perfect. So, so think like this. Depression is actually anger turned inward. And what it means, what I mean by anger turned inward is that if you feel sad about something or guilty about something and then you think you're wrong for feeling that or like, oh. I shouldn't be sad. I should be happy about that. Then you have a judgment on yourself and you take this very powerful energy, which is anger. And as a gateway, the mature form of anger is willpower, right? Meaning the, the will the guiding essence of the power you are, mm. right? Willpower towards yourself in a judgmental way. So you take this massive amount of energy that's literally designed to take things from spirit through all kinds of dimensions to be a materialized expression on yourself. And so that energy weighed down starts to make everything gray and murky and settle. So when it comes to depression, every client I've ever had that was in depression that we shifted out of it sustainably just got them angry. It was like getting them to understand how to express their anger. And what's dope is it, this literally is the pattern response. They get to anger. They let the anger out. Do you know what the very next thing is that happens after they do that? No. They laugh. I was going to say they probably laugh. Every time. Wow. Every time they laugh. And they all of a sudden are just like, <laughs> like, because for all the narratives we have about labels and diagnoses and all these things, they perpetuate narratives rather than actually address what's really going on. And the majority of people's illnesses in the world are literally emotion. Yeah. It's things not properly addressed and attuned. I don't Chemical know how to process these things. So they can manifest themselves to the body. Exactly. And then you do things that reinforce it. You eat things that reinforce it. You, 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 you do play out things that you reinforce it. And so the next stage of, of humanity, the thing that people can use more of is a owning themselves, feeling their feelings and being willing to have an open, honest, vulnerable conversation that humanity would change in a day yeah and i think a key thing too would be throwing sense of humor right? yes actually have fun with it. yes like, like have like fun with it, right like you gotta laugh so be i mean playful. literally yep. today i think about it all the time i'm telling you like it's weird but when things are going absolutely terrible for me i usually just crack up Legit. so like like when i was getting my business started i was like i'd be sleeping on the floor like right mm -hmm. getting it rolling i'd wake up Screaming like fuck in the morning, and then right after that, I would just like crack up and laugh. <laughs> this morning, Straight I was up. going for a run. I went grab a coffee right after. I'm crossing the street. There's a car coming, so I go to speed up. I got like this new white hoodie on. Spill it on my left arm, so I go to switch it over to my right. Spill it on my right. <laughs> I stop in the middle of the road and just start dying laughing. Legit. And like, I can see the car processing this and just looks at me. And I was like, I don't know. And then he starts cracking up, right? Wow. But it's, I haven't taken myself seriously. Exactly. Probably since I developed synesthesia and everybody thought I went crazy. Legit. Because it literally had to take that out of me. Because it was Legit. like, yo, everything's are fucking crazy, Luke. Maybe you are. Fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, so what I mean? like, exactly. But not that you didn't take yourself seriously in the sense of like owning yourself. Oh no, I, I'm just exactly. like not letting your anger overwork to right. the point where you couldn't work through it. Yeah, and and just remember right. that like life is oh, you I, can I enjoy it. Like you, you can be silly, you can be playful, and you can enjoy life. Like yeah, and then like I definitely have a ton of ego still. Right, but. <laughs> But right, I understand it can be used that. for good, like obviously. <laughs> like I understand that about myself. Like I, yeah. I, I wanted my own podcast. I, actually have I think to my learn voice more. is important. So that's a level of ego. But I'm completely comfortable with that. Right. I'm comfortable with the fact that everybody's going to agree with that. So I think it's important to be able to laugh at yourself, so you don't get that anger, that depression. Because again, exactly. I don't really have skeletons because I can just laugh at my shit. Right, and that's that, again, that's a notion of of like you owning your sovereignty when you're when you're more aware of yourself and you have more of that safety and significance within, you are more playful in life. You find more humor in everything. There's more wonderment. You're so open to the right. possibilities of things. And, and, and the two essences of like masculine and feminine energy, which is a whole nother topic, the playfulness and the responsibility, it's both. That you can, you're responsible for yourself and you play. Like example of this with my son, I talk about this all the time. With my son, we'll we'll roll around in the dirt and the mud in the back. Just at the hour mark. Right? Put <laughs> hose in the circle and we're like, and, and, and he's in. He's like, Zen's like, come on, daddy, come get your hands in this. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't this feel amazing? Right? Like he's all in it. Doesn't this feel amazing? And then we'll go through that. And I'm in it because I love rolling around the dirt, getting in my in my natural space. I like like climbing rocks and mountains. Like I love the nature stuff. Right? Kevin's kid is the coolest kid in the world, right? on the side note. I can imagine. That, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Legit. Kevin's been raising him on this stuff since he was like, too. Yo, it's so dope. Be, so like, the, so the, the kid is wildly mentally and cognitively and like emotionally mature. How, how old is he? He's, he just turned ten. Oh wow! In January. What what is he? What what are the hobbies? Is he just Dude. following like outdoors stuff? He he, he loves out, he loves outdoor stuff. Meditate. Loves animals. Loves nature. He should do like, and he and we have dope. And now that he's this old too, because you haven't seen him in a while. Now that he keeps growing and he's having more of his voice. He starts having those in-depth conversations with me. He asks questions, like if there's something coming up for him, and and because his mom and I aren't together, so like if there's things at the house he wants to talk about it, like he opens himself up to share, and we have conversations. And because I don't have a bias, like I'm not in this to win or be right or be like, yeah, that's why, I can express to him what's happening in every space to get him to look at it from a more clear perspective, and he explores it from that. Wow. And it's so dope. So like, and then he'll he'll check in with me just to see how things are going, and and because I've been raising like this about him knowing his sovereignty, also understanding the, what he's a part of, it's more consideration. So like when he was two and even younger, I could sit him, I can go, Zen, daddy's gonna take a shower real quick. What would you like to do while I do that? And he would check and go, um, I wanna do this, cool. So you do that, I'll do this, I'll see you soon as I come out. Because he had the freedom to make the decision, he does it. He didn't oh. get up. Instead I, of being like, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. Don't leave the house. Exactly. Then he's like, well, I wasn't going to, but now that you told me not to, right. I might, what and if I want to go outside? And then they start getting into shit. They start doing it because when right. they, when, and this is, and you'll notice this pattern in life. When people feel like they're making decisions for themselves, right? They're way more receptive of you and they own themselves more. And, and there's a very important line to dance on in relation to that. So like for Zen, as he's a kid, there's certain things like if it was up to him, he'd eat ice cream every day, you know, like like for, for dinner and, breakfast, and lunch Same and everything, right? Same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel that. And I get it, yeah. right? I'd eat, I'd eat pumpkin pie all the time if I didn't also enjoy other I things. both. Right? So, he so then I would give him parameters. I would go, okay, so what do you want for dinner? We'll do this. What These are the options. He makes a decision. And then so he starts getting comfortable on deciding for himself what he wants. Now he has a clear like, idea of himself. And then it's like, cool. And now between these vegetables, it's not do you want vegetables or not, right? right. It's, it's spinach or broccoli or spinach and carrots. And he's like, cool, spinach, carrots. And then he eats spinach like I do. Doesn't want dressing on it, just eats it like leaves, like chips. Mm. And so now with that being said, 
he continues to be more open and receptive. And now when I ask him to do certain things, even ask him twice, he gets it. If he's with me when I have events, he's respective. If he has to get my attention, he'll come up, excuse me, daddy, wait one second. Yes, Papa, we talk. And it's like everything becomes that deliberate because there's a, there's an, a recognition. And now in the space where he's at, like what I was mentioning with the responsibility in play, we can roll around, we do all this stuff. And then I get up and I go grab a towel and put it on the floor rinse ourselves off because we're wet because I don't want to track all that stuff in the house. So there's the raw play essence of life. And then he understands that too. So he's like, yeah, I won't track this. I won't just go in in reckless abandon, smear mud all over the place, even though I love the chaos of it. Because as a kid, like these, they're, they're chaos. Like I'll, yeah. I'll, I bring clothes out of the dryer. I start folding them. His natural inclination is to run and dive into the clothes while I'm folding. Them. I was like, oh, look <laughs> at that. Well placed together clothing. Destroyed. Because that's the energy of playfulness. And and then, and then he knows there's a time for it and, and another time to be more responsible, put your clothes away. And he starts to do that on his own. So there's this space I find with life and with other friends, kids that I've had a chance to play that with. And even my God kids I help raise, I'm watching that unfold in them more. And then I started realizing when I got teenager clients and parents who wanted me to work with their kids, or I started noticing other people in their teenage years and I started reflecting on mine, that's where the rebellious teenager phase comes from. All the times parents or other authority or guardians use their physical size or role as a way to mm -hmm. get what they want instead of synergy, yeah. meaning work together to, to guide. So like instead of telling Zen, because I said so. I, I used to get that right, all the time. We all, right, we all got that. It's like, it's like that, that was the, the note yeah, of that Because that I said so, because I'm your dad. Right. And as, like, well, and what as, does that mean? Exactly. It's like, I'm your kid. It's like, there's nothing <laughs> I can do with that information, bro. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like with Zen, even if he's in trouble for anything and we talk about it, like there's consequences. So we, we address the consequences, but the consequences are always designed in ways that urge his growth one way or another. And when he has to own himself, I'll tell him things and he'll go, why? And I'll go, this is why. Because when you make these decisions, here's what's on the table. So now he has more insight when I'm not around to work with. But if I say, because I said so, then his, his note, like what it was for me was, cool, so don't do it when you're around, noted. Yeah. Right? But now there's no there's no awareness of consequences, potential impacts, these kind of things that he starts to gain from that. I used to always want to watch R-rated movies when I was a kid. Legit. So I hung out with older kids. My parents would all, they would never let me. And the reason was, is because I said so. You're not going to watch that in our house. What did I do? I go to my friend's house and watch, watch it. Exactly. So exactly. it didn't work. It just worked to make, I don't know, maybe it was to make them it feel was, better. Exactly. I don't know. And there, because whenever parents, without, if parents don't often want to explain stuff, there's a discomfort around the idea of it. And part of the issue with parenting up until this era was a lack of vulnerability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm telling you, vulnerability is the source of our greatest strength. And that would extend into the world and make us all right. see each other that because way. Because then all that of a sudden men are feeling their refreshing. Exactly. Being exactly. Truthful. It's being truthful, exactly. right? How would you be vulnerable? How would you express that? Right. And, and I remember, um, not to get too much into the acting, but uh, one of the, the coolest things, same teacher that taught me that, Todd Allen Durkin, if he's listening, you're the man, um, <laughs> was whatever the line is almost do the exact opposite of what you're when, at least when you're new what your initial reaction is right so if the line is i love you mm -hmm. or let's say I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna kill you the natural reaction when you read that would be like i'm gonna fucking kill you right mm -hmm. but it's so much more powerful you just look almost like gently i'm gonna kill you yeah and it was like exactly i remember being like whoa if you almost kind of do the opposite emotional feel um it it creates more of a feeling and it causes yeah. you to actually go into it to how would you react if that is how you said it and then you, well, you naturally become that instead yep. of being like a computer and manufacturing the feeling exactly um exactly. <laughs> before i take us down that rabbit hole <laughs> uh, <laughs> how uh, so 
getting towards the end, we'll try to make this helpful for some of the parents or even people trying to learn how to meditate. I, I know Amanda wanted us to ask you. And, I got you. And, and I, got, I got to thank Mike and Amanda every time with Business Radio X hosting us. Um, and she wants oh, to learn some, some meditation tips. Love it. Uh, so Kevin's the one that, that, I mean, there's no wrong way to meditate. Agreed. Um, but the 100%. first person that, that really made a difference in the way I meditated was Kevin. How would you explain to somebody who's listening and might want to learn how to meditate? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was actually just talking to, to one of my buddies about this the other day, and he was saying, like, he was still in this terrible situation. He's like, but I meditate now. And I was like, right, you meditate for probably, what, 10, 20 minutes a day, but you're in that situation for eight hours a day? The fuck you think is stronger? <laughs> you know, it's like, first, you got to remove yourself from the situation. But second off, let's say somebody's trying to learn how to meditate or, or get into that, that space. How would you mm-hmm. explain to somebody like that? For sure. So, and actually, before I even start that, I'll just say a quick dispelling of misconception for everyone listening when someone says when you say things like meditate yeah i would like to meditate but it's difficult for me or um i just i can't stop my thoughts or it's all most those common things. One. that's the yeah. most common one. Common thoughts so two things in this one meditating is an exercise that's it if you do it five times and you don't feel like you have a command of it you keep going with it just like hitting the gym you're not going to squat once and be like, cool, I got strong legs forever. Yeah, no. right? It's like it's a practice to develop those muscles. It's a practice to develop commanding your attention. And the other part of that is you're, you will never stop thoughts. That's not how it works. Right? There is a space. Like thoughts are streams. They're, they're a constant running torrent of energy, right? just constantly flowing out of ideas. This is a whole other topic. Sign up for my course if you want to know more. <laughs> right? It's like they just run. When you're meditating, the whole point is you start tapping into the still spaces between thoughts. So you allow thoughts to do what they're designed to do. You're just shifting into a space where you're just being present with everything. And as you do that, that's where the notion of command comes in. You're no, you don't want to control thoughts or control your mind. You want everything to operate how it's designed to operate. Because when you let things operate how they're designed to operate, they flow. Synergy. Period. It ties back into what you're saying before. The command. It's, exactly. It's just. It's like you're going. I'm going to sit down now, and just observe things around me. I'm going to sit down now and just be present with my. So breath. just being, in a way, being present would be a simplified form of. Yeah, that's exactly how you. The start. concept. Exactly. Like, and, and my definition of presence is to be fully engaged in the moment, and this mm-hmm. is the action I show that I go fully yeah. engaged in the moment. That's like all that. it means to be present. So meditation is a way of exploring the notion of that in a dedicated exercise or, or modality. So there's a lot of different ways you can explore meditation, but if we're talking about just developing it, if you're not used to doing it, right? The simplicity of two, two ways we're doing it. We have a primary tool in our practice called heart consciousness, right? Which right. is a way of um, tapping into your senses and starting to shift into that space of, of meditative capacity. You're more feeling than thinking. Yeah, while being aware. Exactly, you shift out of thought, genuinely shift out of thought. You'll, if you practice it, you'll shift into a space where you literally won't hear a thought. And it's a funny thing because your mind will go, the, the idea of this, this is, this is the funny part about it. Your mind will go, we're not thinking anything, but you won't even be thinking that. There's just going to be this awareness of this is different, but it won't be a thought that this is different. It's like, it's a really oh, interesting thing to, like to find a language to speak. Yeah, it really is. So a way that we, that we get people there in this particular practice, and then I'll talk about some basics for meditation that aren't necessarily this primary tool. But in heart consciousness, we, we, we access it by what I call the conversion breath, which is simply a deep inhale through the nose where you breathe into your belly. So let's all do that together. It's almost now, like right? before a squat. Legit. Right, yeah. So breathe that in. And then when you exhale, it's a high sigh where the top of the throat meets the back of the nasal passage. And it'll sound like a... 
and let yourself fade out. Practicing this. Okay, cool. <laughs> Making sure you're with us. Okay, so let's do that again. A deep inhale through the nose. Then high sigh, fade out. And then one more time. Deep breath in. Exhale out. And now just notice everything that you hear in this moment. Just be aware of everything that you hear. And then be aware of everything that you feel. The chair you're sitting on, your hands on the table, the clothes on your body, just be with that. And then be aware of everything you see. Just look around the room. Just notice different things, colors, textures, shapes, patterns, dimensions. And then close your eyes with it. And take another deep breath in. Fade out in that high sigh. And keeping your eyes closed, just notice everything you hear again. Take another deep breath in. And fade out, high side. And then just slowly open your eyes. And just be with everything as it oh, is. That's trippy shit. <laughs> Something's cool too, right? Like for anybody that's, that's listening, cool. like as thoughts come. You just let it come from one side and go out the other. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's the easiest way it to not flows. control it. Is like almost picture it as a, a physical object just going from one yeah. side to the and other. And you're just watching it like, huh. Noises, sounds, thoughts, feelings, cool. And you you keep practicing that and then you're gonna you're gonna stay in this space where you'll literally be observing it all without any definition or label. So it won't be like, This is a microphone, it's just gonna be like this. Right? There won't be a story to it. And that space is where you start shifting beyond thought. And so just the practice of the conversion breath alone, right? Breathing in yeah. and letting it fade out. You find you you find this space of relaxation that is accessible to all of us that we don't y use enough where it's like you just fade on the next exhale. And just for that alone is a brief moment of like yeah, just the breathing alone you, gets you Cuz you that. breathe autonomously, but when you focus on it, it's attention derived on something you could do on your own. Exactly. So instead of thinking about thinking, you're thinking about breath. Exactly. So That's then right. you're not thinking about your normal thoughts. You're thinking about something you just do. Exactly. And then you're just observing and then it goes beyond thought. And so like even watch, witnessing your senses, it's like all of a sudden you're just listening to things. And you're just like. Yeah. I felt like my hearing was magnified, for a second right? magnified. Your senses have Exactly. Well, because when you do mushrooms, the reason why your senses are heightened is your default setting. That's what psychology actually calls it. It shuts off. So your default setting actually dulls your senses. And when that turns off, your senses actually get heightened. Because you're not, yes, you're, the default setting of physical reality leads you to the default setting of the truth of your existence, which mm. is spirit. Spirit okay. pervades everything. Right. So, and that's what the heightened space yeah. is, because in that space, there's nothing in the way. It's literally just the full resonance of all things that you experience. It's really dope. 
Mm. We, were, we were talking about this with uh, Rock last time from from Revive Wellness. Shout out to Rock, man. That, that dude's the man. Is, he's you know, awesome. Honestly, we're two for two on guests right now. You and Rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our listeners are going to gain a ton, right? Love it. So, like, um, it's interesting. Just, we were, you know, I was explaining that to him, and then after he had a bunch of questions about it and, and stuff like that, but it was just kind of the way the media portrays some of these like psychedelics or different yeah. things like that, right? It's the way the media used to portray marijuana in the nineties. Exactly. Like, you know, somebody hits a joint and then they're flying on the ceiling. Right. Right. And you yeah. smoke weed for the first time. And you're like, what? Not, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to fly. Yeah, exactly. That's this what isn't happening at all. Yeah. And you yeah. lose all trust. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck, they're, they're lying yeah. to me the whole time. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Web of lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. Um, yeah. It, it's just kind of cool. So, but before we ended, last question I wanted to ask you was, uh, what do the light beings offer to that as an organization for, you know, what would help the world the most, um, as an organization and community. And so oh, technically side note. Yeah. Um, you guys are officially considered a spiritual a group, ministry, a ministry. Yep. So Kevin, oh. Kevin's considered a minister. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to get married, hire him for that too. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I've, already yeah. Done, I've already done a few. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah, so I got the light beings, the distinction as a ministry, um, with creatorhood as our spiritual practice and the it's been dope to explore that angle too which is a whole other topic of conversation when you realize well, we'll have you on a couple times yeah. every, every yeah. time you're up shooting with Tyler Perry doc yo consider it done yeah. first off you gotta got show Tyler Perry this so you can get a little more insight to your uh, your thoughts and man yeah yeah we actually well, him and I, we have beautiful conversations him and I like um, about the different belief systems our spiritualities and, and this respect and it's always cool to see where we resonate and where the differences are. And he's so open to having those conversations. He's so wow. personable. It's really dope. Yeah, like it's amazing. So shout out to and shout out to Tyler for the show, the opportunities, and what he's built. Oh, my God. It's incredible. ridiculous. What and he's done for Atlanta alone. Period. And he and what's dope is he's still personable. Like he's really built this. And when you see the way he works, you recognize how he built it. Um, but he's still very much involved. He's still, you know, accessible, still open, and still there to support people. And he and, he, and it's a really dope thing to witness. Um and he has such an insane t- attention to detail, which is phenomenal. Um, so you said he's still super hands on. You said he's still directing your show. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, and he writes all the stuff too. And it's like it's just he's he's a machine, dude. He's like on it. Um, so actually, one other thing, just on the meditation tip, while we're still at it, uh, always like start with just being where you are. That's a perfect place to start. You don't necessarily have to close your eyes yet. Just breathe and literally just pay attention to things. And that, that process will start, will start developing in your mind the notion that you're safe enough to just be where you are. And then the focus on the breath creates a channel of focus that, that generates energy. So, and everyone can meditate. It's, not, it's literally not something reserved for anybody. It's genuinely a practice show. Like, so if you're just not used to it, that's literally just telling you where you haven't developed those muscles, like not that you're out. incapable. Yeah. yeah. Just, Meditation okay. comes just from to make the sure word for thought. Legit. And every single and person thinks. 100%. It's like literally just thought in a, in a more expansive, relaxed state. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking without the stress, you know? So I just want to put that out there. Um, so with the light beings, wait, did you have something else you want to share before we tap into that? No, man. Um, okay. Your, your <laughs> show. <laughs> you know, I, we're, I could, we're here I to learn. That literally, the whole concept of, the, uh, of this podcast is, again, free, unrestricted game, like life, da da da. Love it. But it's, Right, um, I was talking about on the last one, it, it, the allegory of the cave, and the concept is if you force things on people, you know they they, they get angry and da 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 da. Right. But if I want to learn, so we have interesting people that I find interesting. Yep. And you we learn have together. open dialogues. Yep. 
then people can see learning happening. 100%. In a, in a instead of being like forced instead of, people, yeah. yeah. Instead of a, it's like 100%. Exploring different ideas. 100%. Live, unfettered. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then that's, oh, man, so important. And that's that's a notion of what unity is too. You know, it's like unity is is not everyone being the same, everything being the same. You know, like unity is the diverse nature of unlimited creative pot potential working together as one. So if we're willing to have conversations with different perspectives, ask questions, we're exploring all the possibilities of life and how just how much we all can actually be together in that. And we can have arguments, we can have disagreements and still recognize that we still honor each other, love each other, connect with each mm -hmm. other, all those dynamics. And that's such an important piece to the evolution and is to me what the light beings represent. Um, when I started the light beings, it literally prompted out of two things. You felt like you were called to do it from the source, right? 100%. I remember that story. Without question. Like there was, there was things that started showing up because even this journey for me being a, a spiritual guy, transformation specialist was such an organic evolution. Yeah. Cause I, I, I watched out, it happen. Right. Yeah. Like you saw, uh, dude, I, was, I didn't sit out with that shit. It was I, like, was, <laughs> I was telling Jeremy, for those of you like listening that don't know Kevin. So me and Kevin were homies. So like I would go over to his house, we just hang out and we just, you know, shooting ideas off each other. And people just literally swear to God, just show up to his house to ask him life questions and then dip. Legit. So <laughs> Legit. then it got to the point where he just organized well, it for Wednesday nights. Yeah. It got to the point where like 30, 40 people would be just showing up. Yep. Just and, to ask you questions. Then, yeah, straight up. And then, so then he created like yep. the core, right? Like a group of us to kind of help with that. Yeah. Uh, to develop the, the practice with. Yeah. And it and was like, it was just from then just, and it just, it bloomed. Yeah. It was so cool. Cause like, it just, I watched it happen organically. Like it was pretty cool to kind of be on yeah. the inside. Not kind of, I was, you were on the inside. The yeah. Inside. Like, legit. You were very much a part and of it. And then, so. and then one day yeah. I just felt called. I was like, yo, I have to go dominate the physical world. I'm going to go do sales. And I literally said, I was like, yo, I've feeling I'm going to make a ton of money. If you guys end up needing it, I'll help you get like a big, like farm with like acres. Exactly. Right. And then I was called him Bob the other day and he was talking about Bobby spot, his yeah. boy that he's staying with the, the stunt guy. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yo, maybe Atlanta might be an area. Mm -hmm. ATL's a shit. Right. Legit. So there's, there's all this dope opportunity with this. So the light being started in that premise where, cause I was never shy about sharing this stuff. And that's why it kind of, I became such a prominent person to, to go to because also the information would land for people was the other thing. Like it was just a constant flowing with, and because I didn't have a bias, it was like, I would hear what you were sharing. Here's what I offer to it. And I also had to grow into that embodiment more because I had to deal with my own misalignments to, to be more embodied in the first place. And there was plenty of them. Cause when right. I first started tapping this inside early on younger, it was super revolutionary mindset. Was you're like, growing the whole time. Yeah. Too. So I was like, crush the system with the truth. And I was like, that's <laughs> something still misaligned about that. Right. So I had, I had to evolve out of that. So with the light beings, what prompted the final stage of really launching it was, um, you know, two things. One is people kept coming to me saying, I love talking to you about this stuff because I have no one else I can talk to. My friends think I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy. I have no idea what I'm tapping into. Things don't resonate the same. I just wanted people to show them that they weren't crazy and they weren't alone. Right. Or like you're tapping into something and it's also something I have insight on so I could offer that. And so it, it organically grew into this guidance role. And, and then I, had, I kept feeling this call of like start a group, bring people together more, bring people together, like, like really bring people together with this premise. And then it landed finally in a dream where I was, I was, I was sleeping and this dream came through and this, in this figure and being came in my dream. I was like, okay, it's time for you to start the group, go start it. And then my dream, I was like, okay, so let me think how I got to piece it together so I can. And then the, and the, being, the being in the dream was like, Hey, shut the fuck up and just go start it. Like it'll, it'll, it'll show itself if you just start it. Literally after that statement was made, I woke up out of my sleep. It was like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. I just emailed everyone I knew on my email list. And I was like, Hey, Starting a group, last Wednesdays, 
every month, right? The first one we did January 25th, 2012 was the first wow. gathering of this, right? And it was like, come and we're just going to talk. And I, and I started, it, beca it became the space for people to ask, guide, all that stuff. So, we're, so uh, we're running out of time. Okay. Mike, Mike just gave me the, <laughs> the thing like, the side. wrap it up, long-winded ass. Okay, so. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a very polite way. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> thank you. I don't have a reputation for being long-winded at all. <laughs> uh, so, to wrap this up. That's funny. The light beings, what, it was, what was built on is the premise that there is a safe place for you to come with all that you are. Everything. Whatever you got, come here and be seen in it. And we'll honor you, love you, and show you where you can go and what you can do with it. And, and so what we want it to be is that in the world, a space that, of what's possible that we truly can come together. People all walks of life, be received, be supported, remember who you are, and then guide the world there. Wow. And, and my definition of a light being, I guess is the perfect thing to close up with, is a light being is someone who can witness every aspect of themselves and embrace it all in the love that they are, becoming a guiding space of awareness and inspiration for remembering truth. That's a light being. That's what we're, we're training, guiding people to be in this world, and that's what what I'm here for to see where we can that's beautiful and light conquers yeah. darkness just by being that's it it does you turn the light on darkness that's just it. fades there's no battle so thank you guys for having me on here man. All right. so and then anybody that wants to get a hold of Kevin uh, the best ways to do it that is going to be through Instagram yeah uh, so it's going to be source radiant mm -hmm. just the way it sounds s-o-u-r-c-e R A D I A N C E, and or and or at the light beings. Yeah, either okay. one. Um, Kevin Mans and both. Uh, super interesting stuff on there all the time, and sure. just kind of insightful stuff all the time. Um, and anybody you know, I strongly suggest getting a hold of him, reaching out to him. And he's got yeah. workshops and stuff like that all the time, like the Divine Masculine yeah. and teaching all those other classes on all of it. Yeah, the course of the Creatorhood and and information on masculine and feminine relationships, parenting. Yeah. Um, just living in greater optimization. Life. Parenting alone, life. I think, yeah. might be one of one of the biggest things you might be able to help people with. Yeah, Look yeah, because that's a future thing. generation. That's, that's the future. Yeah, yeah. And and it's something we do even like even if you're not an actual parent in in physical, you're still parenting yourself. If yeah, you're, if you're I, living, I, I watch right. it's a huge part of it. So it's cool. Like I'm, you know, whatever yeah, I'm ready. So yeah, it's something that we're building on, and, and we're creating programs specifically for that too. So yeah, so rock with us, Source Radiance, Instagram, oh. the Light Beings, Source Radiance on YouTube. Uh, we got the website coming up. It's being updated now, so you but you can get with us through all the the social medias in that re regard. Bam. And of course, you can catch him on Sisters on hey, BET Wednesday nights at Ooh. 9 p.m. Eastern time on BET. I want to peep it. All right, yeah. guys. I want to thank everybody for tuning back in to Free Game and uh, and just kicking it with us. And hopefully, you guys learned a little something. I know we do every time. Every so, time. Um, I, I know Jeremy as I am. I just oh, 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 so Kevin. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us, man. It's when an honor you're, when you're here. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll go grab dinner after as a, as, a, as a thank you. Done. Love it. Let's get it.